Welcome to the Skillshop Pincast, episode 40. I'm Graham. I'm Kayla. And uh, yeah, here we are in the middle of November. Uh, 40 episodes deep feels good. Uh, we have a guest as usual. Uh, our guest today is Danny Noonan. Hi, Danny. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Danny is... Uh, we, we've known Danny for a little while. Um, Danny... Uh, I met through a mutual friend, and but also uh, y- you always come out to the folding parties. Yeah, yeah. I think we uh, we first met at the folding parties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Skillshot, you know, for the very few of you that are listening that aren't from Seattle, uh, the zine that the podcast is an extension of. Uh, we we do folding parties to you know once we've pasted and printed everything up, and we just invite people down to a bar and. Uh, uh, feed them drinks and uh, have them sit there and fold our, you know, what is it, 3,000 issues now or something like that? Yeah, we're that. up to that about, yeah. Yeah, and uh, just power through. And Danny's always uh, there because he's an awesome uh, <laughs> member of the DIY community here, lo- appreciates zines. Folded uh, a few zines in his day. Indeed. Yeah, it's. I mean, the thing is, if you haven't come out for it, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I, mean, bes- I mean, I do like folding uh things folding paper but besides that um you know it's usually you walk in and there's a few different tables and you just find a place and almost every time the person next to you even if you've never met them will start talking to you mm-hmm. and it's a very uh you know welcoming fun community absolutely yeah i don't know how many people i've met at folding parties like that too it's great mm-hmm. it's, it's a nice icebreaker so yeah if you haven't joined us for one then you're you're a well past due we used to do them at the lookout and for i don't know virtually the Since entire run yeah um we've only had three now i think at the maybe iron four yeah i think it's four because i missed the yeah. first one at the iron bowl okay uh, but i've been in the last couple mm-hmm. uh, yeah so that that was a very recent change but uh we're now at the iron bowl in wallingford uh so you know you can always uh find out when those are going on on the uh on on facebook really is the best mm-hmm. way to do it um so like us on, uh skill shot on facebook uh anyway that's neither here nor there. Um, we'd love to see you at the next one. But uh, anyway, so Danny is an uh, awesome member of the community that we've known for a while. But the main reason why we've got him on today is, uh, Danny, uh, you do your own zine as yes. well. And that is called... Clock Tower 9. Clock Tower 9. What's the... What's the Impetus? Yeah, what's the name? What's the story behind that name? Uh, the name... Well... There's like a there's like a big cool reason, and then there's a smaller uh, sillier reason. The big cool reason is that uh, you know <clears throat> tangible objects are falling out of favor in this society. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people have everything on their memory cards and their computers and stuff. And one of like the first things that a community all had together were the were clock towers. It was this thing when time was invented, like when the idea of keeping time was invented. The first way to do it was giant, massive clocks, which were usually in the middle of the town. Uh, And now, uh, if your town has a clock tower, it's probably useless. Every every device has a clock, or yeah, every device has a clock on it. Your phone, your computer, your cars, everything has a clock. You don't really need it. Uh, even watches themselves, I'd argue, are more just status symbols than function. Yeah, absolutely. And so, if like a there's no reason a town should pay money to have a giant clock tower, but they still look cool. That's the long answer, which is somewhat true. Also, I really like Back to the Future, and <laughs> I love the idea of save the clock tower. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just, I was, I had done fanzines in the like late '90s, early 2000s, and I had stopped. And I wanted to start again, and I wanted to start fresh. And I was just like writing down names, and for some reason. Uh, that popped into my head. So those are the two reasons. And there, there weren't a previous eight clock towers that you were... No. So I also really like numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like... Uh, one of my favorite things about numbers is that it's kind of silly because you could either write it as a number or write it as a word. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fun. And so uh, almost 99% of the people who talk about my fanzine don't mention the nine, hmm. uh, which is fine. But uh, I like numbers, and I think numbers are cool. Uh, and my old fanzine was called Seven Eleven, and so um, yeah, I don't know. I like numbers, and so I threw a number in there. Yeah, that's yeah. the same reason that Seven Seconds is called that. Like Kevin Seconds just wrote it down, thought it sounded cool, yeah. and yeah, you know, it's like yeah, it doesn't mean anything to Seven Seconds. Yeah, <laughs> Deep Space Nine. That sounds mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, uh, so the story that's in it, it, I, it has a, a kind of funny story 
uh, to itself that involves Skillshot because yeah. uh, when Gordon first started it up, I think it was either issue one or two, I'd found at Bailey Coy Books, which does not oh, exist wow, anymore. Oh, wow, yeah, R.I.P. And uh, I was like, oh, wow, this is awesome. A, a, a pinball fanzine, that's so cool. And I had worked at a DVD movie store down the street um, called Groove, which is no longer there anymore either. Yeah, G-R-U-V, Groove. Yeah, it was a really bad name. <laughs> uh, and so anyways, he had a P.O. box listed in it, and so I sent him a postcard. I was like, oh, hey, cool. uh, we have a, you know, a store down the street. Uh, I really like pinball, and I love fanzines. Uh, I'm kind of mad that you didn't drop any off because <laughs> we're – like two doors down sure it would be so easy yeah and so uh, a couple days later gordon walked in he's like hi i'm gordon you know uh you know did you send me this postcard i'm like yeah and so he dropped them off and uh they went really well there and actually when he did like bundles of old issues that he was uh like selling for like five bucks uh we were doing them at the store and it went really well and i thought Mm -hmm. it was really cool so anyways uh i was hanging out with gordon and and brad and then I'd started doing this fanzine, and uh, I knew that Gordon had done um, fanzines since the 80s. And so WBC I wanted, period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to interview him, and I went over to his place and interviewed him. And the interview went so well and took so long that I actually sparsed out the interview over three issues of my fanzine because it was just so much information that was mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, and so I started going to the folding parties, and it was really fun. And <clears throat> at the time, I had a job where I was doing... Uh, research in a library and so i was like huh i wonder like there's any like, crazy weird pinball things that have happened in seattle and so i started going through like um the microfilm uh microfiche microfiche, microfiche. Yeah. <laughs> and i found you know two different stories that i thought had like a real link which was so a lot of people know about pinball prohibition and like them being destroyed yeah. mm-hmm. but most people associate that with like new york city and sure. some of the bigger places and I found out that in Washington State, um, actually, a very famous politician, uh, Scoop Jackson, who was a senator for like decades and decades and yeah, decades. Yeah, big deal here. Yeah, yeah. huge, you know, huge powerhouse in the Democratic Party. Uh, his start in politics uh, was uh, as like a DA or like a DA or something like that. And one of his first acts was to get pinball banned. And so that I thought that was really interesting and funny. But then on the other end. When he was a senator, he ran for president twice. And one of the times he was campaigning in New York City and he was at an NYU like um, rec room or something like that. And like trying to make himself appeal to, you know, college age kids. And he was playing pinball, which was banned in New York City at the time. And so I thought it was really funny. There was these like, you know, he started his career banning this. And then there's this photograph in the the New York magazine. Yep, yeah, like right there. She's holding it up. <laughs> uh, and even the, the article was like, you know, hey, uh, you know, Senator, that, that's illegal. Uh, so anyway, so I, I, was, I, I was I thought those were two interesting stories. And then I did research into LaGuardia and stuff. And I wrote up this like very long thing, and I never even mentioned it to Brad or Gordon. And then I emailed them, and they're really gracious, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, we have to do like eight point font right now for the fanzine, and you just mailed us a five page story about like you know a history that people who are drunk in bars may or may not care about." <laughs> um, but they're very nice about it, and so then it just kind of sat. Um, yeah, it just got shelved a little bit. It got shelved. I, I, I hadn't even thought about it. And then a couple months ago, I realized that I had three different stories that uh, I had given to people that weren't used. And so I decided to pull them all together. Cool. And um, But yeah, the story in itself, uh, I think is really funny. Uh, and I learned more about why the pinball uh, got banned in different cities. And one of the things was that... Um, LaGuardia, who's the the police commissioner, just really hated the mob. Yeah. And after um, prohibition had ended of alcohol, uh, the mob needed to make money. Mm-hmm. And uh, pinball machines and jukeboxes and gumball machines were just getting started. And they're basically, they kind of all happened at once. Like once someone figured out the technology of putting a coin, a coin in. <laughs> in something to make all these things happen, right. they were like, okay, what are different ways we can apply it? Mm-hmm. And so they started making these machines. And it was just, just with like Teamsters and you know, bars and all this stuff, the mob just owned tons of them. And it was a way to make somewhat legitimate money. Uh, but then at the same time, uh, the the Great Depression had ended and now people had a little bit of money. So people had, you know, wanted to have fun with the money. 
and a lot of really uh, Christian people associated pinball with gambling. And so there's just it had this mob connection to it. It had gambling connection to it. And so it was a very easy target. Absolutely. Uh, but then some of the funny things is, so yeah, they did the big raid uh, and they took all the machines and they didn't just destroy them. Uh, some of them were used for scrap to make bullets for World War II. Right. Which I kind of got behind that. I was like, well, at least they're going to get Everybody's use, pulling together, you know, for the yeah. common cause and yeah. all that. Yeah. But you then can... two other funny things was the legs to it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, the legs they used to make billy clubs. Mm-hmm. Oh, my god. Which gosh. the police, like, became police billy clubs, which is so weird. And just, like, to think that... Well, because they were all wooden machines at the time. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you're aware, but I wrote an article similar to this. You went in much more depth about the prohibition of pinball, but I did a guide to pinball for Razor Cake about a year and a half ago. So I, I, I definitely researched that, too. And I was like, whoa, Billy Club's out of the pinball machines? Come on. And then they throw a lot of it in the river, too, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, so many it, things in, in the Hudson and yeah. the East. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> To go scuba diving uh, there. That would be amazing. Anyway. So. Yeah. Uh, and then all the money that was in the machines when they got caught. This blew my mind. <laughs> it was put in the, um, yeah, the police retirement fund. Their pensions, The right? pension, yeah, yeah. The pensions, yeah. yeah. It's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go somewhere, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which so, trying to imagine that today is like so oh funny to think. What a scandal. Yeah. yeah. Right? Palms but, are greased. But yeah, these were like, this was unsecretive. Like, this information was in the New York Times. Like, you know, LaGuardia was Very like saying this at, um, you know, press briefings or, mm-hmm. you know, press conferences. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was, it was really interesting. But, so, like, to draw a parallel, that kind of makes LaGuardia more like a mob per- persona at that point because he's taking money from the people <laughs> that bought the machines right. and the community that's put the money into it and putting it back into the police. Like, isn't yeah. that the same thing the mob was doing? <laughs> yeah. I mean,. Not to, one could make you don't the need argument. To, you one don't need could to make p- the argument. Uh, there's a fine line between the mob and the police. Okay, <laughs> it's true. Um, but yeah, then so that was so high profile that it just uh, it emboldened cities all over America to, mm-hmm. to ban it. Uh, right. And then some of them did it in different ways, like uh, in, I think it was Connecticut. They didn't ban it. Right. But I thought this was fascinating. <laughs> you, uh, If you were under 18, you had to have someone over 18 standing next to you while you played. <laughs> right, because w- what is going to happen, though, if they're not there? They don't like, have a presence of mind to like, know whether... There's not going to be an adult to say, okay, okay, Junior, that's enough. Yeah. No. You're, you're almost addicted to gambling. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so uh, it's just it's, it's ridiculous to think of now, but at the time, uh, there's a real concern about it. Um, so I know I found all this fascinating, and then... Uh, it was funny when I was looking for pictures for the article, I found out that uh, Julie Wirtz, who is... Oh, a, yeah, I know Julie. Well, I know of her, yes. Uh, she, she did a couple good comics. She did a comic for The New Yorker about... Mm-hmm, about uh, him. Yeah, and uh, I Sorry. didn't know that that had happened. And then even just last night... she used to do fart parties. That yeah, was, fart party. Yeah. That, yeah, that's what was really... Yeah, she's great. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's fantastic. really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then someone just told me last night that there's a drunk history about... Yeah. Yes. With Roger Sharp on it. It's oh, yeah. pretty hilarious. Oh, we, we can watch, watch it after the after, podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who is in it? Roger Sharp, the man oh, who saved pinball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's um, the, the guy who plays Roger Sharp, uh, the guy who saved pin, pinball, is uh, the, the same actor that played uh, Matt Saracen on Friday Night Lights. Okay. If you've ever watched that, neither. I have not. No, I have no. not. Okay. Uh, it's great. <laughs> for what it's worth. Anyway, yeah. we're not going to go into Friday Night Lights, but uh, I Save was that pickled for your by TV that. podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to. <laughs> That's a football thing, right? <laughs> uh, it is a football thing. Okay. It's it's like a it's like a a teen uh, episodic drama that was like Varsity Blues in a TV series. <laughs> it's like Varsity Blue Varsity Blues only superior in every single way. But James Vanderbeek's not in it. No. Okay. No, I'm just no. kidding. Like was it Varsity Blues though? They were like bad kids. They were they were having fun, you know. Yeah. They were they were a little reckless. Okay. If they went to Camp Crystal Lake, Whip they would have gone. I think is what most quick. people remember about Varsity Blues. Um, yeah. So anyway. I didn't know how popular Varsity Blues, not Varsity, Blues, uh, Friday Night Lights was with my friends until oh, yeah. like um, it was during the 2012 election. Mm. And Mitt Romney he quoted, "Oh yeah, Friday Night Lights, clear and, eyes, full hearts, can't lose." And I remember yeah. like. All of a sudden, all my friends were like, okay, now this is bullshit. Like, they were like, <laughs> I didn't like them before, but there's some things you just don't do. And I'm like, what's uh, going on? And like, like, yeah, Cross all of my line. friends were like really upset that he was, that he was taking the quote because they yeah. thought. I can see that. He had co-opt such a, such an important line. <laughs> um, oh man. Well, anyway, I, I fully recommend 
Friday Night Lights to anybody, the TV <laughs> show. The, the movie is fine. I hear the book is good. The television show the is fantastic. We're ramping yeah. down here. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? We're getting way off course. But anyway, oh, no. yeah, there's a book that they made a movie off of. I knew, that they, I knew it was Billy a movie, Thornton, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then they made a TV show, and the TV show is much beloved by many folks. Gotcha. Um, including myself. Like, I waited a long time. That was one of those shows where I always heard people talk about it. And I was like, you know what? Maybe show about Texas high yeah. school football. Mm. Not so much. Hard pass. And then yeah. yeah. And then one day I, I fired up the first episode and I gotta say, like some pilots are kinda awkward and just expositional and some pilots just like stick the landing and I Ooh. felt like they really stuck the landing and so I powered through it. I actually just rewatched the whole five season series wow. uh, a year or two ago. Couldn't help it. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Where were we at before we were <laughs> nice talking? Nice endorsement about... from Graham there. Yeah, that's right. Um Yeah, we're just I mean, yeah, uh, Oh, are you aware of Drop Target Zine then? No. Oh, you would oh, love yeah. that. What is um, that? It's two comics, uh, Alec Longstreth and uh, John Chad. Then they met each other at art school, and they were both going in for animation degrees. And uh, they both found out that they love pinball because they had class together. And so they did a series of seven zines where they each one of them has a dream machine that they thought of and like wrote a rule set for mm-hmm. and draw up. And then every issue, they do a different Harry Potter book in it as okay. a pinball machine. So they only planned on doing seven issues ever. To coincide with the books. With the books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they just finished. They put out their last issue earlier this year and they're planning on uh, a b-sites and rarities book at some point but the drawings are fantastic yeah it's really cool um they did a lighter of the month club sticker for us like this is a john chad's drawing on that lighter (laughs) it's like a 2001 monolith pinball machine for for those are that that are unfamiliar with lighter of the month club um it's uh, one of them Oh, yeah, fantastic. Um, so uh, Jeff Larson, a.k.a. Nosebleed, who yeah. uh, helps us uh, put out the, the zine, he always does the beautiful layouts for the list. Yeah. Um, he, he's got the Lighter of the Month Club where they've got various uh, – he'll, he'll do various designs. And sometimes, we, like such as in this case that, uh, you know, that Kayla just brought up with the Drop Target guys um, – just you know various designs on a, a little square of a sticker that you can wrap around a lighter and you know make it a little more personal mm-hmm. um and you can is it lighter of the month club.com yeah it's a little bit um it's dormant right now okay. but he still does lighters every now and then <laughs> yeah honestly yeah. the best way to uh get your hands on uh, a sticker from lighter of the month club is probably just to walk up to uh kayla or i or brad or gordon or, or jeff and just ask for a sticker mm-hmm. sometimes we'll have them on us and if not we can type he, them down for you there are a lot of really cool ones jeff used to do it as like a subscription program like if you sign up for x amount of dollars and he'll send you one every month or two or you know as as he develops them but he's got them all archived up on his website there's some pretty cool ones and i think we have four skill shot lighters out of that it's yeah, a spectrum one so. yeah. black um yeah, really cool maybe ones. four, maybe five. What what is what is the exact? Um, how much merch has Skillshot produced? Because I have a T-shirt. That's a good question. There are I I want to say there are at least six or seven T-shirts, maybe more. Yeah. I I have four. I think at well then we more. for a little right, while. Right for a little while. Um, oh, you're doing, right. Oh, that's yeah. Nice I was gonna one. say that's yeah. from Powderpuff. Oh, that's yeah, 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 that's right. This is the the Powderpuff one that they did. Uh, that's based off of Hurricane. I think so. Yeah. Uh, the. Uh, theme park uh, themed. That was a limited run of those because they were mm-hmm. made just for uh, Powderpuff. Have you have you ever worn that shirt while playing Hurricane? <laughs> That's a great question, and I don't know because that that'd be pretty cool. It'd be weird, like <laughs> if someone like walked in to play next to you and they're like, "Wait a Wait. second, <laughs> this guy really likes Hurricane. This is kind of weird." My most Inception moment was playing Funhouse at the Funhouse while listening to the Stooges Funhouse. Whoa, <laughs> that's pretty great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Multiple layers. Mm-hmm. I'm, trying to think, I'm trying to think like of the only way that I could get better, and that might be like Iggy Pop coming in and like, yeah, right. and challenging <laughs> me. To, and they started setting up like weird mirrors around yeah. you, maybe. Um, so, so, Danny, oh. uh, we, we haven't gotten to uh, your pinball origin story. Oh, okay. Uh, so we should probably circle back to that uh, right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, so I, I, I kind of have like two-ish. Okay, great. Because so uh, I come from uh, an Irish Catholic background in Cleveland, Ohio. And it's very common 
to bring children to bars, which <laughs> might seem weird to some people, but it's not <laughs> to me. Especially if you're in Connecticut in like the 60s. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, anyways, um, I family, um, my uh, parents, uh, you know, used to go to bars and bring me along when I was younger. And sometimes, well, every time there's some sort of video game, sometimes there'd be a pinball machine. And I remember when I'd, re- I'd be really, really happy when there's a pinball machine in the bar because it's like way more fun. And then, and I got, I thought I got pretty good. And then they changed it to golf, mm. the video game oh. golf, which yep. is just that the track ball. ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I hated it and didn't even want to play it. Uh, and so I think, yeah, I think if they would have uh, not have changed that and left that pinball machine in there, I probably would have been much better. So uh, if you worked at the Blarney Stone uh, in the late 80s on <laughs> Lorraine Avenue in Cleveland, Ohio, why did you change it to golf? <laughs> why did you do that to me? Um, the other thing about growing up, uh, going to bars and stuff is that usually, uh, my parents' friends would buy me a Coke in tandem with them buying themselves around. Oh, mm-hmm. so it justified them drinking more. Well, <laughs> I think there was just a kind of like a treat, but now imagine when you're at a bar, how many beers you drink. Oh mm-hmm. gosh. Now imagine. You must have been so sick. Yeah. yeah imagine getting that many Cokes. It's so <laughs> yeah. many Cokes. But like when you're a kid, you're like, oh, this is great. But then all of a sudden you're like high up on energy and sugar and caffeine. And mm-hmm. you know, you're just in this dark bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then uh, when I have I, a question real okay. quick were there other children around sometimes when you were there sometimes yeah Yeah. yeah. so um, did you ever really get to get, like play games yeah competitively? yeah yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's kind of more fun when there's like other kids oh yeah it's always more fun to compete mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> stay on brand um <laughs> uh, and then uh my first job was at a movie theater and we had pinball machines hmm. in the lobby and it was cool because we had keys, so we could just open it up and mm. like we didn't yeah. have to do get that. some credits. Yeah, yeah. Get some, well, because also one of the jobs was to empty the machines of all the cash and sure. put all the quarters into bags. And so that was fun because I got to see the inside of a pinball machine, which was like the first time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that's really cool. That's real eye opening. The first yeah. time you see a pinball machine in innards. Right? Yeah, uh, that was really cool. And so that was something too that yeah we used to um, just. Because in between movies, there's a little bit of a lull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's not much to do. And so, yeah, we'd fuck around and play pinball. Uh, so, And do you remember which games you were playing at uh, bars when you were a kid or at the movie theater? Um, the movie theater definitely was uh, the Monster Mash or whatever. the Monster, Monster, Monster Bash. Bash. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that one, uh, which is... Uh, Still it's pretty on games. theme for a movie theater. Yeah. Also true, yeah. That's very true. Yeah, I wonder if that's... Universal that Monsters. Might, you know, I never thought of that. That might be the Why reason they, they got it. it. Yeah. yeah. The only know. one that would be better would be Creature from the Black Lagoon because it's right. driving movie theater yeah. themed. Um, but that definitely was it. And then I... The other game that I enjoyed playing when I was younger, which you two, I think, did a whole episode about, was Adam's Family. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think... Cause it was when the movie came out, and so I think that yeah. it was more places than you know normal. That makes sense, and it's also the Amy. the most. Uh, um, yep, there we go. <laughs> Kayla's uh, displaying a tattoo here. My Adam's family tattoo. <laughs> um, that's also the the most uh, well selling, like high selling game of all time, too. So like that was a huge deal. So are there any theories about why? I mean, aside from the fact that it's just an awesome game, mm-hmm. um, I it, it was uh, kind of. At a the right moment for Williams, I think also like they were, they were really pumping out a lot of, uh, a lot of licensed games and a handful of original games. Mm-hmm. They seemed to be doing pretty well despite the fact that it was kind of at the end of Pinball's heyday. Um, that was a big movie too. You know, clearly they they got a sequel. Um, yeah, but like Terminator was a big movie. Or sorry, Terminator Two was a big movie. Sure, but I don't see that machine as much. It's it's out there, but yeah, yeah. it's not quite as. Um, as rampant as uh, as the Adams Family games, I don't know. I I, I don't know if there's a, a real clear theory as to why that game more than any other one, as, aside from the fact. I mean, it's considered a classic, so people clearly liked it. I I, I love it. Um, and and despite the fact that, um, when I played it as a kid, I was so frustrated with that game because it was kind of brutal. I I, I believe that you said you gave up and would go play Street Fighter. Yes. <laughs> wow. Uh, somebody's been listening. He's a library researcher here. I, that's right. I, I know. I, I am. That's, I'm always, yeah, I don't live in the moment. I like to do research and, yeah. and also come up with harebrained theories about things. 
Yeah, uh, I wish I had something to go off on that. I don't really know why it was so popular. I mean, it's got lots of really cool objectives to it and different ways that you can play it and approach the game. But yeah, that could but be said about a lot of different games. Exactly. And, and even if even if objectively the Adams Family pinball game was the best pinball game of all time, that still wouldn't necessarily explain why it was the most successful pinball game of all time, especially in the early 90s when mm-hmm. pinball was starting to you know, go on the decline. Yeah. So I really don't know. Maybe that's something we can look into further in the future. So, Doug, do either of you have, like, a pinball, uh, you know, like you played a pin somewhere outside of your normal, you know, stomping grounds that you've never seen again? Like, you you know, you were, like, mm. on a road trip and it was in a gas station. Or, like, is there is there anything that you saw once and then, like, it's never seen again? Like, the specific game that we've never seen, seen yeah, again? Yeah, yeah. Um, For a while, I had uh, Pinball Magic, the Capcom game. I went to an early, like I think 2009 Northwest pinball show and saw it there and like just was fixated on the fact that the ball traveled down the length of the wand. And I was like, what is the the freaking magic game? And everyone's like, oh, it's Theater Magic. I was like, that's not what it is. Because I've seen Theater Magic plenty of times. They do not have the cool magnet trick with the wand. And I could not figure out what it was for a long time. And then when I got more and more into it, realized that it was one of the Capcom games that they didn't make a lot of, and it's pretty rare. And then we, on a road trip, I did see it at, um, at like a chicken shop in like Northern California. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, unfortunately, I don't have a story quite like that or not as good as that, at least. Um, I, I could say that, uh, one of the games, one of the few games that I did play as a kid occasionally was hook. And, uh, I didn't see that for a long time, but then, um, uh, on a on a trip down to Olympia, um, years after I graduated from Evergreen, uh, old school pizza had a hook, oh. so it popped back up. And I've also seen it at the um, the showcase, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's around town here at all, is it? There okay. is one now. There's a new location in Greenwood that has one. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What's what's that location? Oh, I haven't gosh, been there I yet. I can't remember the. Name. Oh no, it's where the the stumbling goat was. Now it's just called the goat. Okay. Um, so the owner changed the name and reopened it. I don't know if they were planning on having it closed forever or what happened with that, but something they revamped it and now it's just called the goat hmm. and they have seven machines in there now, I think. Okay. Yeah. That's the closest I have to, to good stuff. Just be great. Like a good story, you know, like, yeah, you know, like the, the yeah, phantom pinball game yeah. that just chasing that dragon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's games on my wish list of to play, but um, well, what are those? like yeah. big bang bar, because um, they don't have, there's hardly any of those. Kingpin, I'd love to play again. They only made maybe eight of those, because that's mm. those are both um, Capcom games. When they they were only in it for a flash, like they made some really cool games. Street Fighter Two is a pinball machine they made, and then they kind of it was right at that time when pinball was waning, mm-hmm. so they didn't last very long in the business. Yeah, I um I I was really hoping I was gonna run into some sort of obscure European game. Uh, when I was in Portugal and Spain this uh, this last year, but I struggled to find any pinball. Period. Really, I only found one game. Like I found and played exactly one game. It was a No Fear. It was in Barcelona um, at a little bar in Barceloneta, and uh, and I watched this very dramatic Spanish man play it while his girlfriend watched for about ten games in a row before <laughs> I was even allowed to play it. Yeah. So um not too glamorous but i was just grateful to find something it was a little it was a small victory that's pretty great um do you like so but are people there aware of what pinball is or is it kind of like a weirder i had a much better pinball experience overseas though because i went to a pinball party like in wales yeah (laughs) so there was a whole warehouse full of pinball machines there kind of like the northwest show here but it was also in a manufacturing plant for pinball or a factory, I guess, uh, Highway Pinball is doing Full Throttle and Alien. It was at their headquarters, and they had the whole UK pinball party there, a two-day tournament, and then just a warehouse full of games. Yeah, and my understanding is, like, you know, definitely in the UK, but also in Germany, it seems mm-hmm. like you were able to find Yeah, Berlin too. had a ton of Germans pinball. love machines. Yeah, they, they're, they're really good. I'm sure they're. it's very precise, yeah, yeah. right? And uh, I think I think if you know where to look in Italy, mm-hmm. you could find them pretty well. But uh, no, I I struggled. I it was mostly online searching, but um, I really thought that Barcelona of all places would have pinball. And uh, it wasn't until my last few days that I finally like uh, 
had someone that I contacted through Facebook send me a, a little map that they had oh, given cool. me, and it was woefully out of date because <laughs> I went to a couple locations and there was nothing. I went to a couple game stores and asked around, and they struggled to understand my terrible accent, and I struggled to understand their uh, um, their ac- accent. What is a Catalan? Is that what it is? Mm, uh, I don't know. The, the you know the. Um, the version, it's not actually Spanish. It's mm-hmm. kind of its own language yeah. that gets spoken uh, in the Barcelona area. Um, and thankfully, my travel partner was able to understand them a little better. But like, it took a long time for them to even understand the concept of pinball. That I was well, I found that Le Flipper works oh, in Germany. Le Flipper. Oh. Le Flipper. Mm. That's what uh, we used in Germany. Oh, and I'd be like, pinball? And they're like, eh. And my friend from London would say, Le Flipper? He's like, oh, right down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Live and learn. Man, it'd be great if in Italy someone made a pinball machine that was like leaning like the Tower of Pisa. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be really hard to play because the ball is always going. Yeah, like, like, but if the game was designed like that, yeah, and put some like, flippers some towards things, that, yeah. that side like that leans that too. Oh man, I'm really bad with um, just you know stereotypes about different European countries. <laughs> as soon as yeah, as, as soon as you said Italy, I immediately thought of leaning tower pizza. Well, I mean, one of the best players in the world is based out of Rome. Oh. So Daniele Aquilari. I'm, I always struggle with his last name. Aquilari, something like that. Yeah, he's in the top 25 and con- usually a, a top competitor in like uh, world championships and papa finals. Like he's usually in the top 4. He's an incredible player to watch. Oh, yeah. I know that like when Jeff Gagnon was out in Italy last year, he met up with Daniele and he took him to some places in Rome and outside of that that had pinball. Okay. Yeah. So it's definitely out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, and my ignorance is aside from seeing like one themed bar that happened to have two custom games, like I just assume I, I... I, I associate Italy with pinball because isn't Zachariah from? Yeah, yeah Zachariah is an Italian company. Yeah, Italian manufacturer of pinball that existed at what in the eighties, seventies. All the like stuff that. looks super like sixties kind of artwork too, or like early seventies. Sure, but, yeah. yeah, but the technology <laughs> is definitely past sixties pinball yeah. because mm-hmm. like sixties pinball is. I think people would be surprised how antiquated it is, given how big of a deal pinball was at the time. True. Now, speaking of technology, one thing that I really didn't like, so I was in the Bay Area a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. All the pins, you could only use credit cards. Really? Oh, yeah, that's TJ Byer that did that. Mm-hmm. It's One, it's just annoying. It's antithetical, too. <laughs> well, here's the thing. TJ Byer had so many of his machines broken into and stolen oh. from that he was like, okay, I'm going to try this out for a little while. And then it started to be more cost effective for him to equip those with with card readers. Yeah, makes sense. All right. So, All right. But it's weird. Then the other thing I was thinking of, if you play a lot of pinball, like I can't imagine what your statement would look like. Oh, it's like, it's like right. boom, 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 yeah. boom, 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 with all these like small transactions. 50 cents, 50 cents, 50 cents. Well, have you ever been all out to Bay, 75 cents. Olaf's and um, Ballard? No. Um, so they adopted this thing called pay this range. Really cool, yeah. And you use your phone to communicate. You like basically have an e-purse on your pay range Ooh. app on your smartphone. Yeah, and you and connect that, your Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. And that communicates with the machine, so you just swipe up and it throws credits on there, as long as you're in Bluetooth range. I'm really bad with technology. Oh. <laughs> I'm really scared of it, too. Uh, what's funny, you know, to bring it back to the article, I don't know if I wrote about this or... I think I left it out for space reasons, but one of the reasons tokens got started Oh, was yeah, that's be- in there. It mm-hmm. is in there? Okay. Um, one of the reasons that tokens got started was because uh, it was a way that you weren't getting money back from right and it was just this because they really wanted to push that it wasn't gambling because a lot of the first um machines you actually if you did well you got some money back and so people like oh it's obviously gambling so they wanted to get rid of that and then the idea of like free games and stuff so like okay we're just going to use tokens and that's the way there's no money being transferred that's why they say no cash value on the coin that's why they say no cash value on Mm -hmm. yeah um so um but yeah well, yeah, I, I really liked your article. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like I, I mentioned this to you earlier, Danny, but uh, you know, I read I read this issue uh, issue eleven of Clock Tower Nine uh, with the Untiltables, which is a great title that I probably will steal for this episode. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, like front to back, I, I really enjoyed the zine. But um, you know, one of the one of the things that I really liked about um, about the article you wrote was the detail that you had about uh, about the whole banning of pinball specifically in Snohomish County. Like, mm-hmm. You know, it's so 
so specific. <laughs> it's so good. And like the names of the the name of the notorious mafioso oh, yeah. here and the drunk DA. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, yeah. And that like, you know, yeah, he used to bribe officials by putting money in, in Lucky, Lucky Strikes. strikes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's so cliche, but I mean, these were like, you know, from like real books and, and stuff like that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, I, I think it's, I think it's funny, especially because I don't know. I mean, I don't know how old you folks are, but I'm starting to have friends who have kids. Mm-hmm. And when you're starting to get like worried about things corrupting youth, sometimes oh, it's sure. good to like step back and be like, you know, do you think pinball is, you know, very like a corrosive thing? Because yeah. a lot of people did. And mm-hmm. so it's just seeing it's so like, innocuous now. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like seeing these things that different generations consider uh, really dangerous. Um, it's a change of the times, you know. It is a change of the times. Oh gosh, I had a, oh so do you, why was he given the nickname Scoop Jackson? Um, you know what's funny is that originally uh, during this time period uh, he got the nickname uh, Soda Pop Jackson. Okay. Uh, because he was like um, so clean cut, and he was like you know gonna like, I mean prohibition was over, but there's still ways to limit where alcohol could be served and mm. fighting the mob. But uh, Scoop Jackson was actually a childhood nickname. Okay. Uh, and so. Um, yeah. Because I was going to say, there, I mean, there's a part of the pinball machine that's called a scoop. <laughs> so I think it's... <laughs> yeah, apropos. Had he had known that, maybe he wouldn't have fought so hard. <laughs> so in, well, the, one of the arguments I make, or one of the arguments I make is that, you know, when he got caught playing pinball right. in New York, like, was he just like a closeted pinball fanatic? And it was mm-hmm. one of those like weird, like, you know, you have like the stereotypical like, like uh, Christian guy who wants like, you know, pornography banned because... But like at night, he's online looking at the weirdest stuff that's Mm -hmm. like really horrible. Was Scoop Jackson, did he just love pinball and he just couldn't like, he didn't want to give into it. So he wanted it completely gone from his county. He had to overcompensate for his guilt, for his secret sins. Uh, Or maybe he was too worried that he would do nothing but play pinball. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Take it away from me. Or at the same time, like this was nearly 40 years between when he banned them, like 30, 35 years Mm -hmm. between when he banned them from Snohomish County Mm -hmm. uh, to, to being caught playing at NYU. Um, that's a lot of time. Like maybe he just he could have found DB Cooper in that time. Yep. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe he just uh, forgot. No, that doesn't. That seems crazy. Though. You can't. But you even can't in the thought something was like you know, you know, yeah, horrible that was for a you. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like I mean, even in this picture, he kind of looks like hmm, I don't know. I guess I'll give it another shot. He's just yeah. or it might just show crowd, if someone's or? running for president, the, the the lows they will go to to try to get the. Youth uh, let's not get on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Could be a whole other podcast. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> oh, that uh, reminds me that a uh, friend of the show, Allison Ray, uh, asked me to. Uh, well, she she mentioned to me a few days ago how uh, we're not going to get you know too topical or political here, but uh, in the in the wake of uh, the election, which a lot of people you know we've taken hard, um, she she wanted to mention how uh, how gracious and. Uh, empathetic uh shorties bartenders were and they're just like hey ladies this one's on me oh (laughs) (laughs) so anyway nice shout out there for for allison Mm -hmm. uh you know it's funny because i was at john john's the other night Uh and i was talking to the bartender about you know the election came up because because it always does yeah it's hard to have a conversation without it coming up uh, and she was saying that she was working the night of the election, and it's weird because they don't have a TV there, right? And so everyone's just like on their phones trying to see what happens mm-hmm. and or see what was happening and stuff like that. And she said that yeah, it's just been really weird. And she says as a bartender, it's like she's consoling all these people right. because you know because uh, they need it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Let's steer this car back on. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> Sorry. It, it's probably it's my, my fault. fault. I'm really good at getting people off topic. No, no, that, <laughs> no, was, that one was on me there. Um, yeah, um, let's see. Well, I, you know what? I'd actually love to talk about zines in general a little more, as well as this zine uh, specifically, issue eleven that you gave me. So, um, so Danny actually sent me a message on Facebook a couple months ago, and all it was was, "What's your address?" <laughs> Which. <laughs> you know, we've known each other for a couple years, but like <laughs> I'm trying to do the kill sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, we've known each other for yeah. a few years, but not super well. 
<laughs> and like, you know, aside from Skillshot, was, our main was connection... it like at one in the morning? It was it something that you realized like when you woke up in the morning? I do a lot of my best work in the middle of the night. <laughs> I don't remember what the timestamp was, okay, but good. it very well could have been at oh, an boy. odd hour. <laughs> but you know, like aside from Skillshot, like our main connection is an ex of mine, yeah. and um, and we don't know each other very well. So it was a little funny to get this message out of the blue. All it was, what's your address? But I chose to trust, <laughs> and I just sent it straight to you. And then what did I do with that trust? I procrastinated. That's and I, right. I didn't and even just kept mail me it. waiting in fear and <laughs> yeah. no. hope. He's just harboring more and more fear. Uh, and then yeah, and then uh, I was I was DJing at Revolver, and mm-hmm. you showed up, and I'm like, oh fuck, I haven't mailed it to him yet. <laughs> uh, p- part of the reason was I. You know, I made my initial set of copies of it, and then I had I went to the Olympia Zine Fest, which I sold some at, and then I had sh- um, short run coming up, and I was gonna wait until I had a few people to send them to, and I was gonna wait until after that was over. Sure. Um, but um, but yeah, uh, I mean, because I mean, I thought I could have emailed you know the podcast or emailed mm-hmm. you folks um, and tried to explain it, but I thought that like seeing it so much cooler, yeah. seeing it is a little bit hands. more like of a sway. Um, well, I mean, I, I really can't say enough good things like that i love you know the first thing you always gravitate to pictures and big words first so like the uh cleveland history uh comic grabbed my attention was so fun so Uh, good um you know the thousand things or million million, things that you're working on there and uh so yeah we live yeah we live so uh i have an ongoing thing which i'm writing uh a million things i've learned from postcards cool uh and I just, I take postcards people have sent me and then kind of like summarize them in one sentence. I'll and, send you a postcard if you give oh, me your address. Oh, uh, it's, oh, yeah. well, yeah, I gave you copies of the fanzine. That's oh, there. it's yeah. on there. Okay. Uh, and uh, I think I'm going to get to a million. I mean, I, like, I'm in the low 70s right now, but I'll get, I'll get to a million one of these days. I'm going to show you this really cool postcard I have on me. Oh, that is really cool. I mean, page after page, though, seriously, <laughs> like, uh, you know, the, uh, you included the 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 final what is the last record you would sell and uh i mean that one in particular it spoke to me a lot for various reasons that i won't go into uh but it more than anything made me want to read the other 49 um yeah so yeah i had uh last year for record store day i work at a record store and last year for record store day i did this thing where i made a fanzine where i asked dozens of people what's the last record you'd sell not for monetary reasons but Mm -hmm. because it has a personal Value to you. Mm-hmm. And people gave me such great answers. I'll send. I'll send you one. Uh, I would love that. But yeah, it was. Uh, I made like a. I made like initially. I made a hundred just to give out for free on record store day. It's like a bonus to people who came, and that was one I somehow lost, <laughs> and I felt bad, and so that's why I put it in that issue. Um, but uh, I think I'm gonna keep doing that because um, it's just it's it's the the answers that people have come up with are really really interesting, and they tell these like interesting stories. And I mean that's one of the things is like I have a real connection to tangible objects and ephemera. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. why I love postcards. Do you ever uh, look at Post Secret? Oh, I own the book is okay, on my yeah. shelf. It's great. It's so I good. Love it. mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and that's that's also like one of the things of like you know I mean would you play pinball on just like a video if it was like just a video it would yeah. not be as fun. I mean it's not the same. It's not mm-hmm. the same. It's yeah. there and you know it's the, the options have grown exponentially recently mm-hmm. but I never find myself. It is kind it. of how I got into it because when oh. I, I went traveling oh, yeah. for two months and then my housemates and my boyfriend at the time found that in the interim of me being gone they're like oh yeah we found out that we really like pinball and then in that time period they had also found like bars nearby us that had tangible machines so then we were out playing them physically and then i met up with skillshot crew and then got into that so it all kind of snowballed from there big fan of tangible objects i Mm -hmm. love it uh um, but yeah i mean like even like finding out about skillshot was because i went to a bookstore and was sitting there would I have found the website? Maybe eventually. I mean, you know, like, you know, you know, people like stuff on Facebook and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah. So here's well, the tangible objects. Absolutely. Well, so. But also, I mean, you folks have some other um, things to talk about. I believe you have a hundred game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah we should do an update on that. We'll circle back to that. But okay. before we get to that, I, w- I would like to ask you uh, if, if other folks uh, are listening to this. And how can they get your sing, You know, your praises of, the, of Clock Tower 9. Yeah, how do they get their hands on it? Um, if you're in Seattle, uh, you can go to um, Artful Dodger. Uh, they are carrying it now, uh, which they also carry skill shots, so you can pick up both. Um, and then if you want to order it online, 
I know this sounds lame, but I, I really don't like being on computers, and uh, I have an Etsy shop because <laughs> it's the easiest way to just like up like, to just sell stuff instead mm-hmm. of like making my own webpage. So if you go to Etsy, I think it's like Etsy shop Clock Tower Nine. I'm sure, if you go to Etsy and just type in Clock Tower, it's the first thing that comes up. Um, so yeah, uh, and if you heard this podcast and you want it, uh, mention that, and I'll give you some sort of deal. Excellent. Oh, awesome. Cool. Well, yeah, let's talk about the the 100 games and and then, you know, we will have a we million could, plugs tonight. Yeah, cuz we had, got a couple of nice emails too, which That's is right. Great. Yeah, we should talk about yeah. those. Yeah. Um, um So, we're ahead. at our 100 game challenge. Uh Graham and I have 15 games to go and we're almost there. We're going to finish by the end of the year. And right as it stands right now, Graham is at 35 and Kayla is at 50. Yeah, so basically I have to win 15 games in a row to tie um, I never expected to tie or win, so uh, I think it's been stated time and time again on the podcast that my main goal was to get within single digits of you. Mm-hmm. That is still a possibility. It's within your grasp. It is within my grasp, but I need to win two to one from mm-hmm. here on out, so it's not easy. You did that tonight. We I, played three games, and you won right. two of them. I did do that tonight. So you're so on Wait, track. wait. Was I the Gary Johnson? Was I the spoiler? <laughs> was, was I the thing that was throwing things off? How, I don't know. how crappy would it be if pinball worked like that, where like, the third, the third player, party. like, oh, if only their points had gone to <laughs> another player. <laughs> Ooh, that's an interesting way to think of it. Yeah. Maybe we should design a game, uh, an election-based pinball Ooh. game. That would and, and the thing is, I think about everyone. I, I think in relation to your scores, I was the Gary Johnson of tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh man. Um, yeah. So let's. Uh, but let's you know what Aleppo about... is, don't you? Oh yeah. Okay. I, oh, okay. oh, Thank goodness for that. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, you heard it here first. Danny Noonan has a better grasp of geopolitical <laughs> <laughs> issues than Gary Johnson. Um, but yeah, we've got a we've got some great emails that came in. Um, Michael Orfield sent us two since the last time we mentioned. So that's really sweet of him to always check in. Yeah. Gives a few suggestions on games that we could cover. You've seen The Shadow or Indiana Jones uh, Williams, right? Yeah, yeah, I mm-hmm. believe so. And I would love to do either one of those games. Yeah. Especially I'd like the, to learn The Shadow better. <laughs> yeah, and I already love The Shadow. I, I don't have a like comprehensive grasp of mm-hmm. the rule book, but I think relative to a lot of people, um, I have a better sense of that uh, rule set than, sure. than many folks. So I would, yeah. Great suggestions, Michael. Friend of the show. You guys may have uh, heard him on the virtual pinball episode that we did uh, a little less than a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Who else did we have? Uh, Daniel wrote back to us. Cotter. Yeah. I met him at Pinburg. He's a really sweet guy. They're the ones that um, they emailed us earlier in the summer and him and his girlfriend were doing a road trip out to the northwest area and then driving back to Pittsburgh for Pinburg and hitting up some pinball along the way. But he's he wrote into us about his excitement for Andrew WK. Yeah, and what which did he we're say? excited for too. He um had Andrew WK call him. Was that what it was? I think so. Because there was a time like in the early two thousands when uh, Andrew WK offered to like if someone sent him their phone number, he would give you a call yep, like that's randomly. Great. That's right. That is what it is. Yeah. yeah and said so he was driving you. his car after college one day and then got a random call and was like, "Oh gosh, like, I need to pull over." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm ex- I'm you know assuming that this is how it went. And uh, then we also got an email from uh, Quinn. Mm-hmm. I want to meet up with them. They're local. Quinn and Emily, is that right? Yes, Quinn and Emily. Yeah. They made this super cool homemade pinball machine. Holy shit. It looks amazing. So their friend's a gardener. Was that what it was? Mm-hmm. I don't know That's why right. I'm asking you to look is, this up, Graham. My memory is, is like... Is there a gnome in it? I There was a guy... that would be awesome. I think there might be... Because <laughs> then it also have to be like huge. Because the well, it's, so <laughs> it's primarily like cardboard based. And then okay. they did drawings. Um but then they also like outfitted it with lights and um, flippers, like actual working flippers. So how does the gardener work? In? Um, they said it was for a garden party, I think. Yeah, it was a gift to, for a friend. Yeah, Here, a friend that has those. a backyard garden. Oh, and, that's uh, nice. Let's see. I'll find and uh, and he mentioned that they used uh, virtual pinball on Windows to help mock up the play field and whatnot. Get it? 
kind of flowing properly. Look how cool that is. Oh, that is really, mm-hmm. really neat stuff. Uh, we really love it when you guys write in and share this stuff with us. And, you know, of course, we always love the praise too. But um, I know they were really know, sweet. Any, They're like, we listened to the podcast while fantastic. we built it. Yeah. Here's what the light's on. I know oh, this is, no, that's awesome. Right? This is a great pod right yeah. here yeah, where right. we just show a bunch of visuals. <laughs> <laughs> what else do I have in here I could show you that the listeners can't see at home? <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much, guys, for writing in. Uh, we would love to hear from more of you. Oh, here's the follow uh, You can always write into us at skillshotpincast mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Really incredible stuff. I want to see the garden party. I suppose it's at their friend's house now. It's yeah, really right. cool. Well, they should just have a party. Yeah, have yeah. a party. Have a little skill shot pincast uh, garden party. Let's yeah. make a skill shot. Send us another email, Quinn and Emily. We'll come. Let's over. make a skill shot right. pinball machine out of old zines. Wow. <laughs> blew my mind. <laughs> I'm into it. All right. Do we have anything else that we need to address? Um, I don't really know. It's been, I don't know. I feel like we've done so much since the last time we re-recorded. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Also, we're getting this episode out a little bit late, but, uh, you know. If you hadn't noticed before Graham said that, ignore this message. Yep. Uh, (laughs) Um, The Shorty's Annual went very well. Um, We had 68 players playing that. Uh, Andrew and Jermaine were incredible help in moving that along, too. Anytime there's an issue, we all just went out there and settled it. But, um. Yeah, it, it went. Did Kevin win it? Kevin won. Did he? So Robert got second. Yeah, Kevin won the whole thing. Um, yeah, Robert got second. Speaking of Robert, he just came out. ESPN oh, just man. came out with an article. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so we cool. should mention that at least. Yeah, uh, Robert Gagno uh, was featured in ESPN the magazine as the face of pinball. Mm-hmm. As well as like Bo and Karen's Helena Walter, um, right. Steve Bowden, uh, Andre Mazenkoff. Uh, Todd McCullough, they all did their pinball pose without a pinball machine in front of them. Zach Sharp, I think, too. So ESPN photographed them. They said, stand in this room and act as if you're at a pinball machine. And I've heard like podcast um, retellings of this where there's like, it was incredibly awkward because you're just like trying to decide where the machine would be. And they're snapping a couple photos and you're not really sure how it's going to turn out. But mm-hmm. but they get this like centerfold in ESPN magazine of them like pretending to approach a machine. And it's oh, okay, really okay. cool. Several, several yeah. questions. Yeah. It seems like it. <laughs> several <laughs> questions. The, the face you, of you can see my eyebrows. Questions. Yeah. 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 Uh, one, how often does ESPN write about pinball? Never. Okay. Yeah, this first, first time. Um, two, was it really, wouldn't, couldn't they just go to where there's a pinball machine? Yeah, but I, mean, do I don't know if they so? wanted like uh, controlled lighting for the like oh, photography. Yeah, they probably had a you know, little studio. They, I've but like I've seen. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Oh, okay, you know what? I bet I could find like a photo shoot for like a glamour magazine that involves pinball machines. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure. <laughs> they, yeah, I'm sure. There's that, calendars that have been made for that. That's true. Oh boy! <laughs> oh, oh boy! Oh. Um. Well, hopefully that's not the only time ESPN writes about pinball. Yeah, well, so I think they had it's a... cool that it's being, you know, featured as a sport by mm-hmm. the kind of the main sports media empire. Cool. The moguls. Yeah. The moguls, yeah. Do you yeah. think uh, that's Seattle... how you know pinball is truly back. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was interrupting. Uh, do you think uh, Seattle pinball is ever going to get so big that people are going to have fantasy leagues? Or like, I'll, like, I'll, yeah, I'll like, have like, Graham and Brad on <laughs> yeah. my team. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's been discussed, and so I think oh, the really? fact that it's coming up again means that we actually have to explore the concept. Yeah. The problem, the main problem, is that we have to find ways to uh, uh, calculate various stats. Yeah. Because fantasy sports rise on rise and fall on a plethora of stats yeah. to to you know work mm-hmm. off of, but it could be done. I just talk to some D and D people; they'll help yeah. me through it. <laughs> yeah. Since, <laughs> since, since I I think it's really funny that. Yeah, like when I was younger, like jocks beat up like D and D kids, but now basically they all <laughs> play. They play D and D. Like mm-hmm. fantasy football is D and D. Yeah, what it is. If if you are only playing sports, you're not the cool kid anymore. <laughs> like, you have to get some nerditude in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. you oh. really do. And video games too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that's all I had. Yeah, I, I don't think I have anything else. Uh, Danny, do you have anything else that you'd like to address before we go into? Plugs? I'm, I was going to ask. What, so, what do you think of the Ripley's Believe It or Not pinball machine? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> really? Okay. Um, so Andrew um, purchased um, a few pinball machines at the same time uh, four or five years back. At the time, I was living in Pioneer Square, had a studio apartment, but it was a pretty generously sized studio. Yeah. And uh, 
and he was dating uh, a girl at the time that said, you know, you really can't have so many pinball machines in your house that you need to have them in multiple rooms. So he uh, asked How me can if, you make eggs if you can't take a pinball break? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Got to have one in the kitchen. Totally. So, but, so he asked me if I would be willing to uh, store one for him at my apartment oh. uh, just so he could contain them all to one room. And I said, absolutely, yes. And the first one was uh, Ripley's, believe, believe it or not. Believe it or not. So, yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> but a boom. So, uh, I, so I, I got very familiar with that game. Okay. It took me a while to really learn to love it. It's a little funky, but uh, I'm a fan. See, I like it a lot. So that's the one at John John's I think I play the most. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know why. I think it's maybe just because it works for me. And so it's Well, good. it's got like factoids in there that you can learn yeah, about. That's so weird, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I also think it's funny to try to imagine at one point where they like, yeah, we'll make a Ripley's Believe It or Not pinball. Like it's, the kids mm-hmm. today love that. Yeah. It's like circa 2005. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like uh, so, some license must not have worked out. And they're like, well, there's still that Ripley's license out yeah. there. Uh, so, yeah, that's currently at John John's. That's the one I probably play the most. So I was just wondering because I have this sneaking suspicion that the ones I like the most are the least favorite. Yes, because they're like, oh, those are only the only people that like those are people that are bad at pinball because <laughs> I have very bad hand eye coordination. So. I mean, I, I don't think that Ripley's is a like a. It's, it's a, a player's game. So much. What's that? I think it's a player's game for sure. You think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, there's so many different, like, you gotta collect all the different Ripley's letters, and you gotta do different I would different agree with condiments. that. Like, it's a fairly deep rule set, and the shots are kind of It's a Lawler game. But it's not like, it's not an Adams Family where everybody it's, knows and loves it, necessarily. It's still a Lawler. Sure. That's true. Good Same point. designer so. of that in Family, Adams Family. And it's got the neat little idol and Bigfoot, Yeah, right? a little sling there, and mm-hmm. yeah. It's got penguins. There's a lot of fun stuff going on in that game. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we're fans here. Yeah. So. Um, okay. <laughs> okay, I mean, that's, yeah, that's all. Yeah. That's, that's, Lucrative that's, skill shot. Yeah, so I, I lived with that game for a year or so, and uh, and then he replaced it with Lord of the Rings, which mm-hmm. is also a great game. Uh, and we actually moved the Lord of the Rings into the house that I moved into after yeah. that. So, yeah, but thank you forever, Andrew, for letting me <laughs> live with the pinball game for a little while, because I'm probably not going to afford one for a long time. If you have one to donate, just email skillshot at gmail.com. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So uh, well, thanks again for letting me yeah, come this on. Has this great. has been great. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Our pleasure, Danny. Thanks. It's been fantastic. Um, and also, we haven't even mentioned that you've got a podcast, Accidents on yes. Purpose, AOP. Yep. Um, where can people find it? Um, it's on SoundCloud and iTunes uh, and YouTube, actually. Very um, nice. It's called Accidents on Purpose. It's mostly about Seattle music, but we actually do um, other DIY stuff. We've had some comics people on uh, and stuff like that. And uh, hopefully you folks will be able to come on sometime. Oh, I'd love to. Love that. Yeah. Um, actually, I think we should just record it here. and then <laughs> Sure. Because <laughs> you no, have a better fine. setup. Uh, but yeah, it's called Accents on Purpose. And uh, it's great. Uh, if you like any bands in Seattle, there's a chance that one of them may have been on the podcast. So <laughs> check it out. Cool. Yeah, you guys should definitely check that out. Um, and we, we've talked about where you can get a Clock Tower 9. Yep. Um, but one more time, let's just mention that quickly where you can find that. Uh, yeah, just uh, go to Etsy. Uh, or if you don't want to do that, uh, you can email me. Uh, it's My name is Noonan, N-O-O-N-A-N, Daniel711 uh, at gmail.com. Excellent. Call back to the 7-Eleven zine. It is. Um, no, it actually, uh, that's my birthday. Oh, uh, even yeah, I know. I got kind of obsessed with that number. Free um, Slurpees on your birthday every that's year. That's what everyone tells me. I yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I try to, yeah. They're not, they're not a good thing to consume. Right, after your years of being in Catholic bars, being fed sodas. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh. you can always uh, you can always stop in uh, on uh, at Spin Cycle yeah. on Broadway. Uh, Give Daniel a high there. five. Yeah, um, buy some great used movies. Uh, yes. This summer we picked up uh, Break Into Electric Boogaloo yes, and did. Transylvania uh, Nine Five Thousand. I don't remember what it was. It's a weird. It's, oh, you mentioned it on the podcast yeah, before. I have. Mm-hmm. Weirdly <laughs> enough. Um, yeah. Or better yet, just come to a Skillshot folding party, Bingo. and I will have <laughs> copies. And you know what? At a skill scratch holding party, free. Wow. Oh, yeah. You so heard yes, it here first. Yes. Uh, the next one will probably be in January or mm-hmm. so. And if you need to find out about when 
that skill shot folding party is occurring or where the iron bull, iron bull is like us on facebook skill shot uh like the podcast Skillshot pincast on facebook you can subscribe to us you probably already do on soundcloud itunes stitcher or wherever you find podcasts um please rate and review us on itunes that really helps other people to find us and listen to us uh introduce a friend to the podcast uh again write into us at skillshotpincast at gmail.com follow us on twitter at skillshot uh am i missing anything i don't think so oh patreon oh right uh, yeah yeah donate to skillshot <laughs> uh patreon.com slash skillshot seattle i think mm-hmm. but you can find us there um it really helps us out like you know we we get a little bit of advertising money for the zine, but for the but most that goes part, the cost of the, exactly yeah. for the most part, everything that we do comes out of pocket, mostly mm-hmm. Gordon's pocket, and we're all just volunteering our time. So we always appreciate folks uh, signing up and supporting us. Yep, that's, that's about it. All right, great. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks again for joining us, Daniel. Yeah, thank, thank you, you, Daniel. Great.